0: Father, as we uh, look at your word, I pray that um, you'd again, another on another Sunday, open our hearts to it, provide me with the right words to speak about it, keep me from the ones that don't adequately share the right things about it, and as we look at a topic that I know has a lot of potential to make people feel condemned, I pray that you wouldn't do that because we know there's now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, but for those of us that need <coughs> to experience the Spirit's conviction, um, would you do that? For those of us that just need to um, listen and, and consider and, and look a little deeper at the heart, help, help us do that. For those that, that maybe don't struggle in this area, um, help us be, help them be compassionate to those, this is a big struggle for so many. So, please bless our time now. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Should we grab a Bible? So, you wake up 10 minutes later than what you expected, and the anxiety already starts to creep in. What if I'm late? What's the weather like? You look in the mirror, and you start looking at your face, and Is there a few more wrinkles than before, than yesterday? What happened there? You run downstairs because you're in a hurry. You let the kids eat whatever they want to. You start to worry that maybe sugar does cause cancer, so maybe you should throw that cereal out. As you get ready, the kid's ready, you realize one of your boys didn't do their homework again. That never happens in our house. (laughs) You think, is he ever going to get his head screwed on straight? And then as you drop your kids off, you worry about maybe them falling in with the wrong crowd or falling off the monkey bars. Once you get home later in the evening, you pull up Facebook to unwind. You ladies read about how awesome everybody else's kids are and the amazing cupcakes your friends make and you worry you might be a failure as a mom. Later in the evening, you men get home and you feel the pain in your knee again. You worry about having to get knee replacement surgery. Whether your insurance will cover that. How you'll pay for it. You talk to your spouse and she says, let's look that up on, online and you realize maybe you don't have knee pain. Maybe you have a rare case of whooping cough that spread to your appendages. That's what WebMD said. <laughs> All the symptoms fit. <laughs> Hours later the kids are in bed You turn on the television to forget about the day and you flip the channels and you see the news. You see racial division in the country and you worry about how you're going to talk to your friend about that at work who sees things differently than you. You worry about the economy. You worry about your brother who's a police officer and whether he's safe or not in the big city he works in. So you turn off the TV and start talking to your spouse about work and the people getting laid off. And as you fall asleep, you feel this tremendous sense of anxiety and you just don't know why. Hmm. Special thanks to uh, pastor and blogger Kevin DeYoung for uh, describing anxiety so well, so vividly. I pulled that off and I was like, that's, that's it. That's it. So, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Are you ready? Do not be anxious about anything... But in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Um. So, okay, okay. Let's just say it, and we'll get it out of the way. Worry, we're commanded not to do it. So if we do it, we've sinned. Worry is a sin. Let that sink in. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I'm not here to condemn you for that. But I'm here to point it out, that we're commanded not to worry. Jesus said it too. Not to worry about your life, what you'll eat, eat, or for your body, what you'll wear. So let's just say this. It's probably a sin that we all commit, and most of us probably commit it every single day. Is that fair? That you're worried about your kids? You're worried about your work? Kids, maybe you go to school and you're worried about the bully? You're worried about the test you've got to take? You worry? If you're, if you're like 19 or 18 and you're worried about what college you're going to get into and why your friends are all getting into great schools and you're not, and how are you going to afford that? So you worry? If you're getting out of college, maybe you wondered why you didn't meet your spouse in college like everybody else did, and You worry? And worry, I mean, let's face this. Worry is kind of like not taking into account that God is good and loving and He's got this plan for you. And because you're not considering that, you worry. Isn't that what worry is? I'm not thinking about God's good plan. I'm not trusting Him to work things out. And so, I worry. Now, I also know that there's also a psychological issue with, with anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I'm not necessarily addressing that directly, but I will by the end. I hope to come back to that. Um, maybe I'll just say this. Maybe I'll say it now, just so we kind of set the tone. Um, if you struggle with a, a, a disorder and you have panic attacks, listen, I, I don't know how to separate the mind from the soul. Right? We all have an invisible soul. And it goes on after we die. We also have a brain, a mind. And there's things that can go on the mind that that, that don't function correctly, right? I don't know how to divide those things up, what parts the soul, what parts the mind. But I do know that there's a spiritual component to everything we do in life, right? We are spiritual beings. And so... Whether you say, I see a psychologist, psychiatrist, a counselor, a Christian counselor, you know, if you say those things, I say, okay, but understand there's a spiritual component to what you're going through. It's not just a brain thing, it's, it, it's something else. Because I can't divide those things up well enough. I don't think any of us can. So I'm talking primarily right now to those who worry, which I think we probably all do. But I'm not trying to address, I'm not trying to belittle folks that need to be on medication, folks that are seeing a counselor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist. I'm not belittling them by saying I'm not addressing you. I am addressing you in the sense that all of us have a spiritual condition where we worry. And if you think, well, medication takes care of it for me, I need nothing else. My counselor helps me, I need nothing else. And I say, wait a minute, you need to hear this too. This is for you, too, because there's a spiritual component to your life. I hope that makes sense. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to admit what I don't know, but say what I do know. And I do know this is for you as well. Okay? All right. Uh, John fourteen twenty seven, is Jesus' promise to give us peace. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus promised to give you peace. Can you trust Him for that? Yes. He's talking to His disciples and they're worried because He's going to be leaving. But He's like, don't worry about me leaving. I'm giving you my peace. Now, what is the peace of God? In our memory verse, it says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding... Let's talk about what this peace is first of all. What is the peace of God? Well, two things we can say about it at least. It's not peace with God. okay? Peace with God is like your salvation. You know? So when you got saved, the, the, the moment when you put your faith that Jesus died on the cross for you and saved you from your sin, you were at peace with God. That's the preposition, with. okay? I'm not talking about that. Obviously, you can't have peace from God if you don't first have peace with God. That always has to come first. You better be saved or God's not going to give you peace. But that's not what we're talking about this morning. B is what we're talking about this morning. We're actually talking about the peace of God. That's the peace that God possesses. I mean, think about this. It's the peace that God himself enjoys that he wants to share with you. How much peace do you think God has being God? You know, he's all wise, so everything he does is right. He's all powerful, so he, he's unlimited in what he can do. You know, he, he's God, and he's got peace. He's full of peace, and he's like, I, just, I want you to share in my peace. That's why um, the last part of the memory verse that we did um, says, uh, it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Because you're in Christ Jesus, you get Jesus' peace. The peace that he gets, you get. It's offered to you. It's the peace of God, the peace God possesses. So when Jesus said in the verse earlier, my peace I give to you, I'm assuming what Jesus is saying is, I got a lot of peace because I'm Jesus Christ. I'm the Son of God. And I want you to share in it. You get to have it. It's yours. That's the peace of God. So I don't what I'm saying is I don't view peace like I know we talked about medical stuff earlier, so forgive the analogy. But it's not like God says, I have a peace pill, here it is. Take it. God is saying, No, I want you to join me in experiencing the peace that I have within myself. That's great. That's bigger. Let's keep going. Uh, What else are we talking about when we talk about peace? Um, How does the peace of God transcend all understanding? So obviously, if God gives us his peace, it's got to be a big peace. You know, It's got to transcend all understanding. It's bigger than our understanding. So what does that mean? And there's really two options on what the peace of God which transcends all understanding is. I think most people agree it has to mean one of these two things, or maybe both. And I don't have, like, it's got to be this one or that one. I think it's probably a mixture of both here. But um, A, peace of God that transcends all understanding means it's greater than you can imagine. Like, you have no idea how big that piece is. It's bigger than you can imagine. It transcends understanding. So you could be going through the hardest time of your life. You could be at the bottom emotionally, spiritually. It's so hard physically at the bottom, and say, oh my goodness, I just got this huge dose of peace. I don't know how, but I I got it. And then you realize it's not even a dose, it's not even that pill. It's like, I just got to join into the peace God has. Because obviously God looks at the mess of my life, and He sees all the different things going on, and, and He sees that that person died. He sees the sickness that I have. He sees how my kids are. He sees how the job's going. And and he knows how it's going to turn out. He knows what he's going to do to help me. And it's like, all the peace that God has as he looks at my life, he's just sharing it with me too. I get to feel it too. It's mine. It's greater than you can imagine. Now, If I was going to lean one way or another, I think this is probably the main force of what Paul's saying. There's another thing some people say, uh, be what Paul could have meant here. It's greater than we can produce. It's greater than you can produce. So, something bad happens and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to look at the bright side of things. I'm just going to have a positive outlook. You know, I'm just going to, no, God's peace goes deeper than that. Or if you say, I'm not sure how things are going to turn out at work, so I better get my resume out there and start planning for a new job. No, God's peace goes deeper than what you can plan for. You know, Like we can do a lot of things to try to bring peace into our life. I'm going to save for my retirement so that I can have peace when I retire and, and, and live at, at a certain standard of living. I'm not saying don't plan. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm just saying God's peace goes deeper than what you can do to plan for it, to try to work it out in your own life. God's peace goes deeper than that. Because it's not based on that. If you retire wealthy or you retire with nothing, God's peace goes deeper than either of those things. So it's greater than you can produce. That's good peace. That transcends understanding. What does God's peace do for us? Well, the last part of the verse says it, protect, it, it guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Again, heart, center of your emotions, mind, where the intellect is. It, it's all the stuff inside of you, and it, it protects it. It protects it, it, it guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So when people say I'm being attacked with worry, it's like, "Oh yeah. That's a spiritual attack." Sure, it's a spiritual attack. Of course, because God's peace, which is a spiritual reality, is what's protecting you from it. It's standing guard to guard you from it. It's it's like It's like standing watch. It's like a soldier. It's protecting you. It's that peace. So, how do you get it? How do you get the peace of God? Well, will you look again at Philippians 4 with me? And uh, we'll look at our verses and we'll look at the verses to follow. Can we, uh, let's actually start in verse 5b as we read this, because I think this is important. Uh, 5b, it says, uh, Philippians 4:5 The Lord is near. The Lord is near. And I think that means He's close to you. He's with you. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. will be with you. How do you you get peace? Like, it's a peace of God, and because we're united to Christ, we get to share in it. But God is saying, I want you to cooperate with me to receive this peace. If you want this peace, these are the things I want to see in your life. This is how you get closer to me, and thus, closer to peace. Okay? So I'm saying, there's a spiritual reality where we're united to Christ. That's awesome, and the peace is there. But there's also physically some things that we can do in our lives to bring us closer to God, to bring us into the presence of God. You that were enrooted, uh, you that are enrooted, um, remember during the prayer week. I think I read something about how when we pray, we're entering into God's presence in some mysterious way. And yes, God's everywhere. You know, like He's all around us and He lives inside us. But when you pray. Something else is going on. Something else where you enter in. And so, I'm like, okay, if you do these things, you enter in. You enter into the peace of God. The first one is, pray thankfully. Thank you for the uh, memory verse work there. Pray thankfully. So, uh, Paul says, prayer and petition. So, prayer is a general word meaning all kinds of prayers and requests. It could even emphasize being face-to-face with God. Petition is, is a question. You know, you're asking a request of God, help me. Or another verse that says, cast your cares. So you don't, don't carry your cares, you cast them. You give them. And, and, and so, when something's going on and something's not right in your life, you, you pray about it. You give God the concern and then trust Him to deal with it. There might be something you need to do as well, of course, but, but you give it to Him but I think there's a key. if there's a key there, you pray thankfully. You pray thankfully. You, you stop and you say, God, you've done so much for me. And you've always come through for me. And so you pray thankfully. You think about what God has done for you in the past and you pray thankfully. And you also think to yourself, God, that problem at work with my boss... I'm giving that to you. And I thank you for the way you're going to come through for me. You know? You pray thankfully. God, I'm going to the doctor this week and i got to deal with this. Thank you for going into the room with me. Thank you for helping me through this. That's praying thankfully. You're counting on God to walk with you through it because you know He will. So you pray thankfully. So I'm saying when you pray thankfully, you can look behind you and see what He's done, and you can look ahead of you and thank Him for what He's going to do. Because He will help you, He will be with you. Pray thankfully. <clears throat> um. Maybe the last thing I'll say about Thanksgiving is, you know, obviously, we're we're probably most thankful when things are going really well, and clearly that the command of God is, you should be thankful at all times, especially when you have anxiety, especially when things aren't going well. Be thankful. Tell your mind, I got to do this. I got to give thanks. Secondly, um, what can you do? Well. Paul gives, like, uh, some things you should be thinking about. A lot of you have read this verse and probably thought about this verse. Um, verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about those things. Think about those things. It's like, it's like a menu of things you should think about. And of course, maybe the obvious thing is we never need to be told to think about the bad things, right? I mean, I'll be watching the news and my kids will be in the room and I'm like, I don't want them to hear that. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want them to see what that person did to that other person. And, and I know that sometimes we do have news programs that, that talk about the good things, but obviously, overwhelmingly, there's things that aren't going well. Things are never going well you've got to ask yourself what, how much of this stuff should I be thinking about? You know, How much should I be taking in? Consider that. Because I see the command of God being to think about the pure things, the noble things, the admirable things. i got to set my heart on that. And I don't believe that's the power of positive thinking. I'm not talking about secular psychology, you know, just think good thoughts and everything will work out. You know, now that's, that's I'm going to intentionally consider what good things are happening. Now, why would that be a brilliant piece of advice? Well, it's harder to be anxious about the good things, obviously. But when you think about the things that God is doing, a lot of those good things that come to your mind, you're, you're considering what God is working on. I mean, God's not doing the evil things. God doesn't do evil. There's tons of evil in the world. We do evil. Satan does evil. God doesn't. So, so you're actually thinking about the things God is doing. And and maybe that's just like should be like the no duh moment for all of us. Should you think more about the things Satan does or the things that God does? I mean, it, it ought to be easy. And so maybe you look at it like this. Um I was at a wedding. I did a wedding yesterday. <clears throat> I'm still sick. I'm sorry. If you want to shake my hand, it's at your own risk. Um <clears throat> but You know, you go to a wedding, and and you eat dinner, and and you always know what's after dinner, right? The wedding cake. Have I ever gone to a wedding and not had a piece of cake? Probably not. Anybody here skip the cake? You never skip the cake. Did you skip the cake yesterday, Christy? You're better than I. You're better than I. Um, I, In fact, yesterday at the wedding, they ran out of forks. And, uh, and, And the cake came out to me, and I was like, they're out of forks. I got a knife. And so I knifed that thing and stuck it and put it in my mouth. And, and, uh, and the guy next to me, he used his hands, you know, and just scooped it up. And we'll get it done. You know, that, that's dessert. That's dessert. Many of us are kind of like, you know, the heat-seeking missile when it comes to dessert, right? There it is. I'm going to get it. I'm not going to miss it. he Splits clothes this week. I mean, it's the worst week in the world, right? You know, it's like... <laughs> Was I there on the one of the last days? Yes, I was. Okay. Um, maybe we need to view the evil, the bad, the wrongs of the world much in the same way we view desserts. You think? Like, I need a steady diet of the good, the pure, the admirable, the lovely... I need a steady menu of those things in my life. And the evil stuff, you know, I probably ought to be aware of what's happening in this country. I do want to know what's going on with the racial tensions. I do want to know what's going on with the environment. I do want to know what's going on in in these different areas. And if there's a shooting, I do want to know about it so I can pray about it, just like we did last Sunday for the Oregon shooting. Um, I want to know but I don't want to obsess on those things and I don't want them to be the 24-7 going through my mind. There's other things God wants me to cycle through my mind. See what I mean? All right, think about those things. And finally, let's say this. Um, Finally, you practice obedience. You practice obedience. So um, Paul says at the end here, This is verse 9. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you if you practice what you know to be true. Some days, all you can do is get up and say, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what the Bible says. And then you find your peace. You know? Are are you doing what you know to be true? Are you doing what you know the Bible says? Are are there sins in your life you haven't confessed, that you haven't repented of, that you get into this this cycle, this pattern? Those things got to go because they're robbing you of peace. Listen, um, this week if you're enrooted, this is the spiritual strongholds week. And I want to prepare you for it. By the way, I, I didn't run the numbers last week, but this week we ran the numbers Uh, we were shooting for 80% of you involved in that discipleship experience. We've got 83%. So that's like, cool stuff. 83% of you are in a discipleship group this fall. Like, that just blows my mind. This week, it's like, hold your breath. We're we're going under here, you know. We're looking at strongholds, places where Satan gets a grip in your life, and you're going to confess those things? And then you're going to receive prayer. You're going to renounce those things. And when you walk in obedience, you get to experience the peace of God. Uh, that's an awesome connection to what's going on here at the church. So I'm asking you, take that time seriously with your groups this week. We will split between the men and the women, men in one group, women in the other. But go there. Be transparent. Share what the stronghold is. Get prayer. We have authority to break these things. And then practice what you know to be true. Obey. And then receive the peace of God. Um, what about panic attacks then and anxiety attacks at the end of this? Um, listen, as I said before, there's a spiritual component to this. You need to do what you've heard today. But I know for some of you, there may be other things going on in your brain, other things going on that require extra help. If that's you, get extra help. But but don't belittle the, 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 the solution of the Bible to help you with this. Don't belittle that. This is a big deal. Do these things. And then watch for God to give you the peace. He said he would do it. And finally, let me say this. Um, One of the most famous verses in all the Bible. Verse 11. um, So keep in mind, Paul's been talking about anxiety. And he says, um, let's do verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you've been concerned that you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content I see peace there. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So, so I, I imagine that Paul is saying, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. That causes a little bit of anxiety if you don't know how you're going to eat. What's your secret, Paul? How do you get through that? And he says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You can get through anything in this life through him who gives you strength. And conversely, you won't get through things well without him who gives you strength. I hope that I didn't share just simple, easy answers to anxiety and panic but I just want to say it's not God's will for you to live in that it is sinful yes it could be severe enough that you need outside help christian counseling other things I mean that that might be so but for most of us who live in this every day we need to walk the path of peace as it's laid out by Paul do these things count on Christ to come through let me pray for you And then we're going to go into our time of communion. Lord Jesus, uh, you are the Prince.